Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans-inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day, and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. New day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. When the sun rises, you can start over again. A new day, you can make it better than yesterday. A new day, it's a new day. New day, there's a way you can turn it around. Trust me, there's a way out. There's more time. Just don't give up. When the sun rises, a new day, you got another chance. If you want to join the conversation, you can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. What's going on with the tea, darling? Hey. Peace, we peace, We haven't recorded peace. in a minute because we've all been busy. <laughs> okay. Oh, so what's been going on in, with this past two weeks with y'all? I, I recently got a chance to visit home, so that, that's been good. I got a chance to go oh. back to the Ill Mill, to Milwaukee. So I got to see the great nieces, great nephews, the greats. Um, oh, great. And some additional family, chosen family, uh, blood family. So it was a it was a really good visit. That's what's been up with me, uh, kind of going through the Midwest. I was in the Midwest, <laughs> so mm. did a little Damn, jaunt through uh, a couple be, couple states. Uncle, yeah, I'll be forty next month. Where? Damn. Yeah. I'm only a child, and I don't, I don't know how I have nobody. That's, that's <laughs> great auntie. You know, I mean, the 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 uh, one of my uh, older uh, the, uh, nephew, nieces, and nephews, they were both born when I was probably like seven or eight. Oh, eight that's nine. a, a so baby a of a bunch of kids. I'm the and baby, gotcha. right? Okay, right, sense. right. Okay. But I did, <laughs> I did see, I saw one of them born, so like. You know, they and they, and I, I'm very grateful because they all were like they made a very smooth transition from auntie to uncle, uh-huh. and it wasn't like a big deal at all. Um, so I'm very blessed in that way that like uh, my family is just kind of like, oh, okay, girl, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, not everybody, but for the most part, you know what I'm saying. Okay. So um, yeah, so sense, yeah, I'm good. My, you're like you're kind of like my mom. My my mom doesn't have a bunch of brothers and sisters, but her. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother has a sister that is my that's like three years younger than my mom, so they're like right mm-hmm. in the same. So she has an aunt that's younger than her. Yeah, so like yeah. Younger than her, so it's like all of her kids. Okay, that makes sense because I none of my siblings they they just now <laughs> start having kids. <laughs> they just start having kids, and yeah, so none of their kids have kids yet at all. They because they're little. And so, right, 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 
Right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's a gap. It's a gap. I'm 30. I'm the youngest out of seven. We put us all together. Oh, yeah. And so I'm 39. I'm going to be 40 next in October. So and the oldest old is... Near sixty, yes, exactly, yes. exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's like, yeah, so it's like forty, forty-one, forty-four-ish, mm-hmm. and then we jump to fifty-two and up. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Makes total sense. Makes total sense. <laughs> what about you, Bia? What you been up to? Um, so I kind of had like a similar situation. I um had like one of my uh, a family reunion uh, hey. in the black, the black side of my family. Well, I wouldn't really do. Did y'all eat? Um, we <laughs> ate boots, baby. My people are from the country. What do you mean? Yeah. Was this the side that's the um Lufkin? Lufkin? No. That's where your daddy said you from? No, Lubbock. Oh, Lubbock. I'm sorry. I, I, but, I'm um, I have I my, my father is from Lubbock, but um the family that I met up with um was from California. Oh. From um, um, Inglewood, come Inglewood, I think I'm oh, not uh, sure. So L.A. basically. Yeah, so I uh, met up with them. Um, this was like the first. Um, I, the reason why I say I can't really say a reunion. We all haven't came together in like a really long time. So the matriarch. Mm. Um, well, I wouldn't say the matriarch. I think the matriarch would be my grandmother, but like. When I think about the matriarch, I think about the person that kind of like gathers everybody together, yeah. calls a shot, which would be my aunt, my aunt um, Yolanda. So she gathered everybody together because uh, they wanted to celebrate the death of my grandfather, who was a blues uh, musician who was um, unfortunately shot uh, in the head mm. while performing on stage. Wow. So they wanted to like uh it was really dear to her because she uh grew up without a mother and a father so like um those type mm. of things are really endearing to her so um she got everybody together um and i went to lubbock texas with my uh, and spent time with my father had like reconnected with a lot of people who met me when i was a child um connected with like um my father's brothers and sisters, children, which are my first cousins who are around my age. And we went out like, to, we went out to like clubs to after after hours, okay. to the pool. And baby, mm. I had shook up the motherfucking club with my, with my boy cousins. It was everything I like that I wish it could have been like. Yeah. I ain't get clocked. I ain't get clocked to the end, but I don't think nobody's seen it. Work. <laughs> the last night. The last night. The first two nights, baby, I was shaking it up. I was getting pulled left and right. It was like, because I was a new girl in town. And I had like, yeah. I was wearing like these body con dresses, which I was giving them bitches and loving body, bitch. And <laughs> I was like shaking it up. I kept getting pulled by women and men. And I was just like, oh, yes, because I'm. Cause my, cause I was nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Cause my, my boy, like I don't know these guys. Like they're my, they're my family. But you know, you I don't just know. Getting if they cool feel, with them. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know if they feel like oh, we out with my, with my uncle Tranny, Tranny <laughs> daughter. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. but let's let this family. Let's put on, you know, type. Right, I don't right, want right. Them to feel like, but they was chilling and 
that they made me feel comfortable. That they made me feel protect, uh, made me feel protected. Um, mm. I had a really, really good time. I'm, mm. I met like different dynamics in families. Like you know how sometimes in like mm. um, family you have like um, different like quarrels between like the older generation and then like the generation under that and then. You kind of have to like work it out. All of that was so new to me. It was really interesting, mm. like, like seeing that dynamic. How like um, my father and his sisters and brothers kind of because they were older than us. They kind of like had their own conversations above us while we sat there, and we chimed. Y'all were standing at a child's place. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. But mind you. Me and my other cousins is like 30, <laughs> 32, 40, but they their children. We're their children, you know? Right. Y'all did and generation. So, <laughs> baby, she was putting us in our place. She had baby move. I said, well, first she didn't make my well, my, my auntie. Um, she I guess I was sitting in her chair and she was like, um, she made somebody move. She was like, baby, um, get a um me a move over there. I said, I'm okay. Like I'm good. She was like, move over there. I said, okay, you're my girl. <laughs> I don't want no issues. I'll move out the way. But overall, it was country. Everybody everybody cooked. My sister came down. She got an Airbnb for everybody and cooked. Um, my niece and my nephew uh, came. I just really had a really good time. Nostalgia. I met my, my auntie, mm-hmm. which is my... Um, my grandma's sister and seeing like some of my history it was just beautiful because i hadn't been back to lubbock in like 25 years yeah because you said that wasn't a really good experience when you were younger so this is like a full circle moment yes my when Mm. i said when i went to my month because my my grandma's sister lived across the street from her and when i went to her house like and i sat down i was like hey how you doing she was like hey how are you she was like who are you and I was like, um, she was like, oh, you're such and such. I was like, no. I was like, I didn't used to be who I am right now. And she was like, little? Wait, <laughs> check that out, check that out. Check my out. So she, and I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, she was dragging. Like, wow. she dragged so hard. She made me, she made me feel so flattered. And it was, it was really beautiful. Like, she like it was just amazing. Like if when I think about myself, I think about her. Like when I get older, baby, she keep a gun in mm. her. Uh, what's them little um them little pouches that you put around your waist? Come on, fanny what's pack. Fanny pack. She keep her little uh, <laughs> silver gun in her little fanny pack. She got a little poodle on the little. I could say, oh, auntie, you. Re- I'm gonna be just like you when I grow up. <laughs> like this is my TV. She had me a little joint robe for me. I said, I'm. Uh-huh. What's okay. Party favorite. Right. Yes, Listening to blues, um, bothered with her little, yes, little, like, little drinks. It was amazing. I had a really good time. Yeah. That so is that so was interesting. I I don't in my mind, you know how certain things uh, somebody asked a question like a couple of months ago. I can't remember. Like things that you grew up with, like if you grew up hood. Is certain things that triggered you that other people had that you thought rich people had. It might not be something realistic, but it's something that they may have 
that you don't have that you think oh rich people have this like so for me sometimes it's like when people have garages like in in where, mm-hmm. I, where I grew up they didn't have like we nobody had a garage so if you had a garage right. you you was rich to me or if you had a refrigerator that make ice that yeah. we we yeah. didn't have we had white hood refrigerators <laughs> that you gotta chip mm-hmm. and take the little knife or fork to chip the defrost on <laughs> the side oh, yes. the that mm-hmm. so if, you, if your refrigerator made ice and had compartments and shit, that was rich shit to me. A bathroom with a shower. <laughs> we just had <laughs> we just had baths. We just had baths. What no shower and still had them button lights. Uh, right, a, po- a, a porcelain um clawfoot tub. <laughs> Come on, a person. <laughs> Ooh, you can wash clothes in and get you one of them big ones. Listen, watch clothes in there. Y'all see this scar? Y'all see this scar? And then go hang them outside. Oh, yes. That's from one of the, so we had, we were in, the, you know, we was in the hood. Bathroom, soap dish, one of them old school bathtubs. And, it, you know, the soap dish was built in. Yeah. yeah. And my brother, it broke. My brother broke it. And it was so thick that it didn't, it was, I had a freak accident. I was getting washed up by my sister. I was in the tub with my other sister who was like, we're like a year apart barely and <laughs> it was in the tub and i slipped and i almost cut my arm cut off arm. this is from wow. i was four four years old that's when this is from. Wow. you know what i'm saying but it was in one of them tubs you know what i'm saying what yeah. it, you know what i mean but to your point diamond when we moved it was like oh we got a shower a garage <laughs> fancy <laughs> yeah <laughs> it moved yes. on the fuck up you know yeah exactly so i associate yeah family reunions with rich people. I know it's not necessarily mm. that, but in my brain, because our family, everybody, anytime somebody brought up the idea of like a gathering or a get together, it was always money issues. It was always, oh, can't nobody mm-hmm. afford that. Like if you in a conversation, mm-hmm. it will always be like, who gonna pay for this? Who gonna pay for this? And everybody would mm-hmm. be like, I'm broke. I can't afford that. I can't do that. It was always mm-hmm. a money thing. So we never had gatherings unless it was a, like a basic gathering, like a Thanksgiving or you get what I'm saying? Like something like that. But like having a really organized family reunion with shirts and at the at the park where everybody comes. Right. Shit like that. That was for rich families I, in my in my brain. I know that's not necessarily true, but in my brain, I always thought that was for well-to-do mm. families because we never growing up we never ever ever had family reunions type of situation shit funerals were family reunions when people died right. and everybody came and flew in that it literally was when everybody got to see everybody mm-hmm. <laughs> that literally was when mm-hmm. was. i never associated mm-hmm. because we never had it so i always associated family reunions with rich black families not Mm-hmm. Not poor. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I think I, I did too at one point too. Like I, I, I associated the same thing with um like with rich people because like I was like all the people I see with doing family reunions got a coin. No shit. Yeah, got a mm-hmm. coin. They got a coin mm-hmm. or they're connected like it'll be one or two maybe couple people fam that's real family nucleuses that got coins and they invite that everybody that that part you know what i'm saying it was that never part. like everybody doing it and we didn't have nothing yo <laughs> yo you know i will say on one side of my family one side of my family had was like that what you mentioned diamond where they were like particular people like who were like a little extra bougie blacks and they would be like oh we're gonna do a thing but the other side of my family, we had we had a reunion in the projects, and we all went down to Chicago, stayed in the projects, was in the, you know, 
like wow. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, real talk. Yeah. I mean, we was all broke. It's just a gathering. Y'all can just come yeah. together. But yeah. Yeah. I was with money. I yeah. never never understood it, so I always thought that like you know there was different parks in our city that if you go there like say you go in there just because you're a kid and going to the park you'll see people family and they be barbecuing they have on the same shirts and um jones family or johnson family or Williams mm-hmm. family something like that they'll have this kind of thing and you i'll always be kind of envious where I, I will always be kind of envious because it's like oh wow like i wish we had a close-knit family like that but I just I didn't I didn't I didn't know. <laughs> For me, um, For I just came back from San Francisco, um, hosting the riot party. It was dope as fuck. Um, tons of trans and queer, non-binary artists really out here just doing the music thing, and it was kind of like a little mini concert, and it was dope. Um, I I co-hosted with. Um, Ian, I cannot think of his last name. His first name is Ian. <laughs> um, co-hosted with him, and at the end of it, we we brought on T.S. Madison, and Madison was there and kind of host, co-hosted the rest of the um, the event with us. And she was dope. She's super, super down to earth as as usual. And this was our actual mm. first time meeting in person. We you, we've been wow. knowing each other for years, 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 and knowing each other online. And she literally has been to my house, and we didn't even meet. That's what's crazy. (laughs) So my my gay son that just passed, Brandon, Brandon um, had a dog named Prue. You remember Prue, Mia? Yes, I remember Prue. The bulldog. Yeah, the English bulldog. So he had an English bulldog, and Brandon had left. I had put Brandon out. This, You know, Brandon been living with me off and on for years. So I put Brandon out, (laughs) but because he didn't have nowhere to stay, I said, but Prue is staying. (laughs) So Prue stayed with me while he figured out where he was going to stay at, and I was going to send her to him. (laughs) My grandbaby is staying in my house. You go find you something to do. That's basically what I was giving. And so... um, he was in Atlanta, and he said, all right, Adam found me a place to stay, send Prue. But he called me and said, and Madison is actually on the way to Houston. So give the dog to Madison, and Madison will drive it back to Atlanta. Because, you know, we all know each other. And so I was like, oh, okay, well, tell Madison to come and pick him up at my house. So I was like, oh, okay, cute. We're, this is where we're going to meet. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? That she's going to come and pick up the dog, da, 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 da. But for whatever reason, she didn't make it on time to my um, to my house. And I had to go to Bath and Body Works. I had to go to work. And so I left my key for with Vanessa. <laughs> I left with my, my key with Vanessa. Vanessa's been on the show. I left my, I left my key with Vanessa and... Um, told her to open up the door so Madison can get in to get the dog and take the dog back to Atlanta. So in that exchange, she we never actually met because she just came to my house to pick up the dog and I was already gone. <laughs> so that was the first time that we were supposed to meet in person, but we didn't get to meet. So this actually at this riot party is the first time that we actually met in person after years of talking on the phone, years of chit-chatting and going back and forth, da 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 so it was kind of funny that this would be the first time that we actually met. But of course, she's down there. That's wild. Ain't it wild? And so it was a great, 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 great experience. Um, one of my favorite moments is when we were done with the event, 
we all went downstairs to the hotel that we were staying in. This is a beautiful hotel called The Proper. And um, sat down there and ordered pizza because all of none of us had eaten because we were kind of anxiety about the event. and You know, just like, you know, that kind of stuff. And so everybody's starving. So we ordered pizza. And it was me, Trace, um, Dominique Morgan. Who else was down there? Jameson, the hairstylist. Um, Andrew and one of um, Madison's assistants and we were just sitting there eating pizza talking and kicking and did you, it just fell into this deep ass relationship conversation <laughs> that was super super deep and kind of um, enlightening about everybody in the room it was kind of enlightening mm. so it was a beautiful mm. moment where we all was kind of just resonating and talking about shit and it was kind of dope it was dope as fuck but the whole event was dope everything was fire and i just came back like you know it was this weekend so i just came back this week and it was fire it was amazing <laughs> it looked it looked amazing uh, from yeah. everybody's page when did you guys mm-hmm. find out when did you guys find out she was gonna do it um, we've been contracted to do it a couple of months ago. Oh, they they had to sign the contracts way. You know they paid. A, you know they always pay a deposit. And then, Where did you guys have it advertised? I didn't see no marketing. Yes, it was all of, it was on our page. Was it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I would have came. Everybody posted it. Yeah, I would have came. Yeah, nothing about it, honey. Yeah, we had posted on our page. Um, a couple like a month ago. They pay so, attention. Um, so yeah, it was dope. It was dope. So um, if you if you grew up in the hood or whatever, and you a listener, tell us what are some things that you thought only rich people had. If <laughs> you grew up, hashtag <laughs> Marcia's play. <laughs> Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and i know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because i put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch i am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you i really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. I already feel I've always felt like Trans men get a little easier path than trans women. And this proves it, baby. Now, no shade, no pun intended. I ain't trying to ruffle no feathers. So, <laughs> trans boy kept off boys' soccer team in Florida gets apologies. Now, 
we know what's been going on in Florida. They've been giving us the blues as trans people, wearing us the fuck out, honey. Mm-hmm. So, and, and just gay people. You can't even, they can't teach gay shit no more. Like, even to Yeah. But that. specifically, trans folks, they've been eating us up, honey. You know, the mm-hmm. gays, they, the gays are right. You know, they done fought their fight and they kind of stay out the way when it comes to trans issues. <laughs> but when it comes to us, that's what I've been paying attention because you know the gays always turn a blind eye unless it have something to do with them. So I was looking at this and I'm like, well, what a gag because you know they're making sure that the trans girls don't play no sports on the right. team that they as as they should as a um as with cis with cis girls. And, um, you know, they just always stick it to us. And I just always remember, because there was a time where I was like, you know what? I don't care about really sports and stuff. And I'm really high feminine. That's not my team. I really had to think back before I transitioned when my mama had me in peewee football, peewee football, uh, playing for the Vikings, the little Vikings, and actually playing sports and, and, and remembering how much fun I did have. And when I decided to find myself, how I wanted to play a sport that was gender neutral, like, like, um, like track, but because people seen that I was queer, they tried to force me to play masculine sports to, um, I don't, I don't to masculate me. So they would say, Oh, if you want to run track, then you have to play football. You can't play. Um, you can't just come in, um, um, and change your elective during track. You have to wear that. You have to play football, or or I would have to play basketball. They would do it like that. And so, it, it really kind of made me think, like you know what? If I did have the opportunity when I was younger, and I didn't have people, grown ups um, interfering with my life as a child, um, would it have been different? Would I have really, really? put myself into track because I, I could really jump. Like I was really high. I used to jump over fence and everything. So anyways, that's besides the point. Oh wow. So back um back to this. So Florida schools uh, a school system in Florida is apologizing after having prevented a transgender boy from playing on the boys soccer team. Florida has a law <laughs> barring trans girls from competing on girls school sports teams. But it doesn't have a similar ban on trans boys. However, trans boys who must move from move to Jacksonville from Washington State last year was told he'd have to go to the girls team even after he made it through several rounds of tryouts on the boys team. Now, officials with the Duval County School District are apologizing to the student identified only as Zach and says that he can go out for the boys team next year during tryout season, but. Before the last round of tryouts, the coach Brian McCary said Zach could have to would have to switch to the girls team, um, citing the law, which um, which is um, Ron D. Saint signed in two thousand one. I only had only uh, only positive experiences during my time on the girls team, said Zach. But I ended up leaving for for personal reasons. I overextended myself and, and feeling that I have invaded a, a woman's space, quote unquote. Many LBGT activists have criticized the Florida's parental rights in education law, also known as the Don't Say Gay Law, for its restricting classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity, saying it will squash all discussion at all. 
Zach encouraged all students to stand up for their rights is quote unquote says, honestly, adults can pretend that we're not here, but we're, we're going to find a way around all their laws and bans and come out stronger, quote unquote, he said. Quote unquote, not being allowed to talk about who I am didn't prevent me from figuring out who I am, quote unquote, period. <laughs> so that is the end on that baby. And what do you guys think? Why do you guys think they're making a, an exception for the trans boy. I don't think they thought about it. I don't think when they think about sports <laughs> and trying to ban trans people from sports, they not thinking about trans men. They are thinking about no. uh, the girls. <laughs> they the are, girl. You you can think you even think about in Texas when they uh, we've had um Matt Briggs on the show. We interviewed him and you know, in 2017, they were trying to force him on the girls team. And he was slaying them, like a kicking their butt because, you know, he was on testosterone and all that <laughs> kind of stuff. Yes, they forced him on the girls' team, but when he went to college, he went directly into playing with boys. Because they yes. said, we're not playing that silly game that they was playing when you was in high school. We're going to let you play with right. the boys. If you, can, if, you can, if you can perform on the level of these, you know, cisgender dudes, then dude, come on too. It and I think the difference is because it doesn't match with their narrative about your biological sex giving you a physical advantage. advantage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With the with the trans boys, is you are at a disadvantage. So we're gonna praise you if you can get to the level of these cis boys, because automatically, you know, you must be going hard because you are biologically weaker than these boys. But it still it doesn't account. It's still arbitrary because what's crazy is I know cis women for my whole life, <laughs> my whole life. Every school, every every single one, every school that I have ever been to, there have been girls on the boys team doing something of that nature. Okay, mm. so. My cousin Kiki. My cousin Kiki, people know her from singing. But that bitch is athletic as fuck. I know they know her for having all the babies <laughs> and singing, but she literally was on the wrestling team in high school. One of the oh, first wow. girls to ever be on the wrestling team, slamming niggas around. That is what she, she's 5'10", and always been thick and strong, big backed. She's always been that. And so she's always been that person and always done that. So she was on the wrestling team. During my freshman year, uh, junior varsity, not junior varsity, varsity um, football, Tara, white girl named Tara. Everybody knew she was a lesbian. <laughs> she was butch with a fucking, she was one of them butch white lesbians that had the side right here shaved off with some lines right here and lines right here and a mullet. <laughs> Long in the right. back right up here. She looked like every country ass, cornbread ass boy. <laughs> that she, she just so happened to be a girl. And mm -hmm. she played on varsity football, the varsity boys football team. Boom, we had two sisters. <laughs> that was six nine. That played basketball and would be winning out. Both of them. Both of them were sisters. And they were like six nine, like literally tall as shit. And they were kicking the boys' butt. They were playing sports. So I, 
in my brain as a now because I wasn't a sporty girl, I didn't that, that wasn't a battle I was trying to fight anyway. I don't care about being on no fucking <laughs> sports team. But <laughs> but me when I now that I'm older and not in school at all, it was cra- it's crazy for me to think back in my past that literally there were girls playing on team. Now I don't remember any g- boys playing on the girls team. Trying to think of any any experiences like that. No, it was on the cheerleading squad. So no, That's they. The yeah, I've seen boys break into playing on the being on the cheerleading squad, but not actual a sport on the girls sports team. But the, it was it was always in my growing up easier for girls to transition to do the boy stuff than boys transition to do the girl stuff. It's always. But also, Diamond, with like the boys on the cheerleader squad. They still wasn't doing feminine things. They were lifting mm. up the, the the girl cheerleaders. No, no, they no. We like, had a we had a, a a trans person going to be a cheerleader, and I I did oh. I did see that. Yeah, <laughs> I did see that. But yes, usually funny. they would be doing the tumbling. <laughs> 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 but yes, I did see a trans girl go to be a, um go to be a cheerleader, and That's so cute. and. It was controversial, but they but because they had girls doing boy stuff in the sporting stuff, that it would have it was too obviously hypocritical. Yeah, and was there? They just said, "There oh. you go." Yeah, they always make the girls know it, but for the trans men, they pushed them right on through. What was you about to say, Jay? I was just gonna ask for the situations where you had women or girls playing on boys' teams. Was were there women's girls options too? Because typically, because of Title IX, which allow girls to... Basically, if you have sports at your school, legally, you have to have an option for girls. And if you don't, you have to find a way to have an option. Because that's still really... You know, that's only been around since 1972. Mm. So, like, if your school has wrestling and there's not enough girls to play on the girls' team, then you have to provide an option for the girls to continue to play. And... I didn't see that too much. I mean, I went to arts high school, but I did play soccer in outside of school. So I played with people that went to like, commit. Com, you know what I mean? Not, schools with sports and shit where sports is big. I, right. School I went to was like dance is big, art is big, <laughs> the gay school. I went to the gay high school, right? And so, um, you know, but I did, I did see that though where there just wasn't another option for the girl sports. And I was wondering if, if that was the, that's something that just came up to me when you mentioned that, like, no, uh, about no, it Kiki. Wasn't, it wasn't any, like, it wasn't a girls wrestling team. No. Okay, then that makes, cause that, that would make sense with the, you know, I, I'm, I played sports in high school, middle school. So I got heightened awareness around the sports and girl shit. Um, yeah, cause it really just depended on where you went to school, mm. if you could do a thing. Be, and they legally had to do it because of Title IX. Now, Title IX went into effect in like the early 70s. But that's what why exactly you see is in that, Title IX. Title IX basically said, I think they're saying if you have sports at your school in order to like, I think, receive like federal funding, you have to provide an equal opportunity for women and girls to play. If so that's why you see in the, That's sickening. So that's why you see in the 80s and the 90s. That's sickening. Girls' sports kind of explode because that's a new concept and a lot of schools still aren't even compliant like it's still a battle amongst cis folks around providing opportunities 
for, for women. Yeah, and for girls. girls. Yeah. So like that's how you get to the WNBA in the nineties. Cause right. now you've had a couple gener a couple decades of the opportunities existing to even play. So there was a time point. where there wasn't opportunities for yeah, girls. No. Girls didn't play sports. Period. So, 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 so like people act like implementing new genders into different different sports or army exactly whether, whether whatever it is it's something new oh my gosh it's just it's just so extra mm -hmm. how am i going to come up with the things in order to mm -hmm. um to make sure that this gender is comfortable when it's possible because it's been done before mm -hmm. i think it is it's it's both of those bat both of those battles are happening at the same time because a mm. lot of places, depending on where you live and depending on your school district, depending, you it, I'm saying, I'm saying the the battle around folks policing trans girls is happening at the same time. You still have battles around even having an option for girls, period, whether they're cis or trans, to actually play a sport in a lot of school districts because school districts are local. So if you come from a poor school district that only has, we give all our money to football because that's what brings in the people. A lot of times they don't have girls basketball or they might not have the uh, a girls option and those things, you know, that's against the law. Battles are um, happening right now. Yeah, they still continue to happen. They just don't my the point. news because it's not true. Right, like it's still a it's still an issue in, in a lot of school districts depending on the funding, depending on their priorities. All I'm just saying is they're simultaneously happening in some places, but, so but most 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 places do have, you know, typically, uh, especially like in the suburbs because they got money. Usually, they have a a a, a girls soccer, a girls basketball. Uh, what's, what's you know, like you said with the football. My school, we had. What sports did y'all have at y'all school for girls? We had like soccer, basketball. I think like. I mean, we had a limited amount of sports, though, and we did it with another school. So we had soccer, basketball, track, tennis. Um, I think that might have been it just because I went to, you know, because we had a limited amount of sports. We had softball, too. We had um, softball, mm -hmm. That's a volleyball, big one. Yeah. softball, volleyball, tennis, track. Those are pretty gay. Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely had <laughs> basketball. Um and I think that's about it. I think I went to an academic school, so mm. we didn't have sports um, at all. We did no. We had um, we had soccer. I mean, not soccer. We played volleyball, but uh, we didn't. Did have, have a team sports. that competed, or y'all just played it? We just played it. Okay. We didn't. Um, well, I'm not sure. I just. I'm not sure if we competed or not. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. We may have competed it, may have mm -hmm. competed, but as far as like anything else, we didn't have it. It was more um, academic than anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ours were competed around the around the state. It was it was volleyball. Mm -hmm. It was it was volleyball, softball, definitely track. Um, um, we definitely didn't have no girls football team. Um, we had, and they didn't play baseball. They played softball, whatever difference right. that is. What's the difference between baseball and softball? The ball is bigger and soft. I, you know, I think it's like the slightly soft, different. Softball is, is like, it's like a, it's a plastic. Grapefruit. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a, a It's ball. a plastic. It's a softer ball. Yeah. So you so don't, they you had can't that. Yeah. 
Um, but to your point, Mia, it's like work that shit out. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, work it out. You know what I'm saying? Kids because it should be solutions that we have to come up with. But because of the visibility of trans people now, and it being a, po- excuse me, and it being a political thing where people are no, 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 you're not trans. It goes along with uh, really, we don't want trans people to exist. So we don't want you in sports. We don't want you to exist. We want to stop you on the medical level. We want to stop you on the sporting <laughs> level. We want to stop you, stop you mm-hmm. on every level that we can stop you. That's what we're going to mm-hmm. try to do. And so mm-hmm. we're not gonna, We're not even. We're not even trying to cons- conceptualize a way to make it work for you. We don't want you to exist. Yeah. And so yep. what? While there may be solutions we're not even trying to come up with it because this is getting I mean, funding. <laughs> I mean it, 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 it is wild that they would issue an apology and I think to your point diamond around just like they don't see dude as a threat right like some of that is just like this underneath like you're just but you know you you're, tom boy. you're a tom you're a tomboy you know what I mean essentially so do you think um, that's the reason why they apologize to him because they don't see him as a threat because that was the that was the question I think that's a part of it. I think people don't, I don't think, I think cisgender heterosexual culture doesn't take lesbians seriously. I've said this plenty of times because they're just like, you just need some good dick. I don't think cisgender heterosexual culture takes trans men seriously because they're just like, you have a vagina, you just need some good dick. I think under, I think that is some real, that's a real thing in terms of people taking people seriously in terms of believing that a trans man is a trans man. I don't think that these people, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what am I trying to say? It's just a different version of, it's still transphobic. Like it's still like, there's still misogyny at play, transphobia at play around taking someone seriously around who they are. This is a boy with a, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think they really even see him fully more so a novelty. Yeah, I can see the. Novelty I think that's a part. Pro- I can. I think that's a part of it. Right. I th- I can see the novelty part, but that I think there is like there also is an understanding that he's wearing these girls out. Like even yeah. if you do- even if you don't want to accept it, he's running circles around them. So that is a realist part of that. Even if you don't want to acknowledge that, that's a part that you do have to see and do see. Yeah. It as um and from a lack of a better term other from the the cis women cis girls yeah yeah because i mean it, on either yeah. way you're not being fair to them yeah from their point of view mm-hmm. if you're letting him mm-hmm. transition to be a man and then he's over on the girl side wearing them out it it's still on this on one end it's still not fair to them because it's almost like, are you taking <laughs> right. a steroid? Are you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it almost feels he's like- taking a st- He is yeah. taking a steroid. He's on testosterone. <laughs> right. He's literally taking a steroid. That's banned literally. at the Olympics if he's on testosterone. You know what I'm saying? Yes, like, but, yeah, but that's can't say that's nothing about wild. it because it's a part of your medical care. Right. Well, like, okay, right. so I like, mean, uh, what does that look like? Like, okay, say for instance, both. In the future, we do have trans people playing sports. We yeah. use synthetic hormones in order to transition, which will be considered steroids. How mm-hmm. just the testosterone it? is going to be considered? A, just the testosterone is a steroid. So not the estrogen. Right. No. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so how would that work for a trans man? A, man, a trans man is able to <laughs> compete and now to see all the men and he makes it to the Olympics. They'll try to do it like Castor Semenya. They will, will do blood work on you to make sure your levels are in line with the average man. And if that's mm -hmm. there, but this is the problem with that. So in the same thing that we were talking about with Castor Semenya, the mm -hmm. problem right. with that is every cis, just take trans people off the board. And right. Count cis people. Every cis person's hormone level is totally different from another cis person. It's going to vary. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be people like literally Castro Semenya is a cis woman. And, right. And so, but naturally, God given biology, right. her testosterone is elevated. And yeah. so mm -hmm. it gives her an, a natural advantage in the same way that um, 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 Michael Phelps having, he, he has a biological, oh, yeah. biological yeah. advantage in him that they tested that he produces 50% less lactic acid. And so that means he's less susceptible to fatigue. So he can go longer than most people because mm. his body naturally <laughs> creates that. And so, yeah. but nobody is looking at, at him and saying, you got a disadvantage. You got to take more medicine to make sure that your lactic acid is in line with the average of the normal right. person. But they're doing right. it to the black women who are, who have a Absolutely. natural advantage in their thing. It is it's because people don't understand bi biology as much as they think they do. <laughs> mm -hmm. They want to mm -hmm. try to make this seem like, oh, this is fair and this is just, but there's no way to be fair. If, we, if we're getting down to the nitty gritty as y'all want to do, it's no way to be fair because none of us is going to have an equal footing. There is going to be something mm -hmm. in our body makeup that's going to give somebody, even if we're cis, an advantage right. over, <laughs> right. over the other right. person. And there are going to be some women who have more testosterone than trans women. And there's gonna be some trans men who have more testosterone than cis men. There's gonna right. be some place right. that, we're fall that we fall in line, naturally, without medication, without nothing. And so how are you gonna take into account these differences if you're trying to be fair? Do you see what Come I'm on, saying? Come on, Diane. You <laughs> wanted to talk sports? Bring diamond styles to the table, baby. <laughs> no, I know more about biology. I don't know about sports. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I, I, I know more about the the biopsychology of the body. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. In, 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 in regard to transit. So I understand the difference in how all of us produce different testosterone levels and how these multiple things come together to create you as a being. Your chemical makeup, your physical makeup, and all of those things makes a difference if you're playing a physical sport. And so if you're going to judge people and try to be fair, you have to take in, in if you're not considering all of those things, then you're just being transphobic. <laughs> Period. If you're not considering all of those things when you're talking about fairness, that is all mm -hmm. you're doing is being transphobic. And so, but people don't want to admit that. People want to say, biology says, well, there's a lot of things that biology mm -hmm. says that you mm -hmm. clearly don't know about. When it comes to trans women and like cis heterosexual men and their transphobia and their own personal insecurity, it's like, why would you give up all this man shit? That's a, that's a, like, you know what I'm saying? When it, especially in that conversation around sports, it's so, it's like, girl, just go have a seat and like, <laughs> just sit down. Meditate a while, drink some water, shut the fuck up for a little bit, and think about why you're so pressed, why you are <laughs> pressed <laughs> about what <laughs> other people are doing. Yeah, no shade. Like, sit down. You know? 
I want to ask the audience, do you guys think that there is a reason why um, sometimes it seems that they give trans men a little bit more slack on certain trans issues? Um, let us know how you feel. Hashtag Marsha's Play Baby. Hey, what's up, y'all? So we're going to take a little break to talk about the Black Futures Lab Black Census Project. For far too long, Black people, our communities have been left out of the conversation when it comes to the census. Often spoken about and rarely really listened to. But this project is to end that. This is the largest survey of Black people in the U.S. since, like, for about 157 years they're trying to do something really major especially for queer people and specifically trans people if you remember we were supposed to be put on the census for 2020 depending on if hillary was elected <laughs> in 2016 but of course she wasn't elected that's water under the bridge <laughs> so we weren't put on there so they don't even know we out here existing so the Black Census Project is trying to get 200K people to fill out their survey across the country. And the survey is really, really fast. I took it and a couple of my friends took it. And so go down in the info box and check it out. It's a link. They're going to ask you questions about your experience, your concerns, even your dreams for the future. This information can prioritize specific issues for our community it can inform policy changes and it can just simply shape the agenda in a way that's for us by us so if you are black especially if you are trans go down in the info box and fill out the survey they are trying to be inclusive so they're specifically asking for trans people specifically asking for non-binary people specifically asking for queer people really 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 is really really important that we participate in this project i think it's powerful the link is in the bottom if you black go fill it out you got time it's like shoot like a five minute survey if that super super quick link is in the info box and i'm gonna repeat this at the end of the show too the american disabilities the americans with disabilities act um has extended protections for people with gender dysphoria um, a federal appeals court found uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, the opinion marks the first time any federal appellate court, appeals court, has considered whether gender dysphoria, they define it as distress experienced by many, but not all trans people due to their body not aligning with their gender, should be protected, uh, should be a protected disability. And so what this opinion means is that anyone that lives within the fourth circuit of the U.S. Court of Appeals, that's Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina, is now enabled to use the law to protect them. This law requires accommodations, basically, reasonable accommodations for people with disabilities. And so um, it doesn't just mandate non-discrimination. So potentially what that could look like is getting time off for work, for surgery, Right, like you have to make an accommodation because I have gender dysphoria and that's covered by the American with Disabilities Act. That's and y'all just gonna have to y'all gonna have to eat it and give me my check and let me go home and do what I gotta do for my disability. This would cover folks who are incarcerated, right? Like it's like, wait a minute, you can't house me, you can't house trans women with men 
cis men, you can't house trans guys with uh, cis women. You're going to have to make these accommodations because now uh, we're covered under this federal American with Disabilities Act. And uh, the case was stemmed by uh, a case brought by uh, Kesha Williams, trans woman, who, uh, when she was incarcerated, said the prison staff harassed her. She was denied hormone treatment um, and improperly housed while in Virginia. Um, the federal appeals court reversed the previous dismissal of Williams's American with Disabilities Act claim and sent her case back to the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia. Now the state can still petition for a full court rehearing in the Fourth Circuit, or Virginia could ask the Supreme Court to review whether the federal appeals court decision was correct. Right now, though, that is the law of the land for the Fourth Circuit, because we know the Supreme Court is a little funky right now. But currently, as we speak, this is the law of the land for anybody in that Fourth Circuit, Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina. Trans people who want to be considered protected under the ADA must show that they are being medicated for gender dysphoria. While not all trans people experience that dysphoria or are able to access gender affirming care, it is still a significant win for trans rights. And um, attorneys have been making this case for a very long time. Um, now, what they're saying is they want to be clear that lawyers bringing the disability discrimination claims are not arguing that being trans is a disability um, or reflects anyone's ability to accomplish certain things. What they are arguing is that gender dysphoria, which is experienced by some but not all trans people, um, should be is covered um, as uh, a disability. What are y'all thoughts? Because I know that like being like you know, a lot of people have problems with pathologizing, medical over medicalizing trans people. That's been an issue for a very long time. There are some people who are who could see this as a trans medicalist kind of thing. There's some people who could see this as, you know, there's some folks who are like, my being trans for me is like strictly medical. Like I gotta go to the doctor, I get my hormones, I go to work, I'm at my business. That's it. And there's other folks who are like, nah, I don't really look at it that way. Diamond's making so many faces. So <laughs> me too. Let us me know. Too. Mia, Mia, is making, Mia is making faces. Like so again, what they're so what they're saying is they're not saying being trans is a disability. What they are saying is gender dysphoria is a should be covered. Should be because gender dysphoria is in the D it's in the DSM, right? It's a it's the distress that you're experiencing because you're not in alignment and you need to body. do some things medically potentially and or surgically potentially. But see what, what are y'all thoughts? My confusion is they took it away from us being a, from it being a disability like I'm not sure Diamond I'm pretty sure Diamond knows a, a long time ago I don't know what when they did it, but I know that there was a time where girls could get benefits from being um, trans, but they had like to do like the specific, you know, guidelines, like you know, go to the doctor, get your therapy letter, da 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 da, all that medical terminology that you were talking about just now. I think that it can be beneficial, but I also think that. It could also be like a bait and switch. Um, mm. 
And I just don't know in which way that it just something about it is comforting, but then something about it is a little alarming. And I just don't, I can't place it because they'll make you think you win it and then being like, boom, <laughs> bitch, you yeah. thought you had it, girl. Mm -hmm. This is a surprise. So it's just, it's like, oh, cute. Now, you know, like, like I, I wanted to get, like, when I got surgery a year ago. I, I was sitting there thinking, like, what the fuck can I do at work? Like, man, like, I'm going to need some time off, and I don't need, like, a little bit of time because I'm going to be sitting down, and I, I want, you know, I want to be I want to be healed before I go back to work. So that would be a good, a good thing to have. But then when, in what way could that be, could gender dysphoria being a disability, a disability on my record be a disadvantage for me? I think that it's a good benefit. Oh, girl, what's the catch? Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they do say, you know, uh, again, like, they're not arguing that being trans is a disability. What they they say, what we do mean to say is oh, people well, with gender like dysphoria, people, they, what they are saying is people with gender dysphoria experience prejudice, are subject to stereotypes, and live in a world that is not accommodating. Right. And so, in theory, what they're trying to say is that this would allow for accommodations Right. Okay. I mean, because there's a there's a separate conversation about the stigma of being having a disability and having a label of having a disability. Yeah, right? that too. Like, because 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 straight people like the ones that don't like us, you know, those demons. They like to to be like, oh, well, you're not even saying all the way anyway. Because don't you have dis dysphoria? That's not a dis disability. You're you're mentally off anyways. You you know they like to give they like to give it to you like that often. So okay, so let's let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> this is so much. <laughs> I, I yeah. So many different pieces. Places. So many Listen. different pieces. So okay. <laughs> Gender identity disorder was taken No out longer exists. Right. Right. It was taken off the books in two thousand and thirteen, quite recently. Right. Um, homosexuality, right. <laughs> being a homosexual, was taken out in like 72, 73, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. I think it was like that. But gender, the gender identity disorder was taken out. That is what people used to get checks for, Mia. Having okay. a gender right. identity disorder, right. it used to be something that was a mental disorder. And right. Right. with stigma and some people were like mm -mm, I don't <laughs> like that and some people was like especially poor people who, who want coins in any way that they can get it because they want to survive honey people right. will go into the doctor's office with fake baby dolls and pretend that they women and act crazy <laughs> and really and pretend that they're super super crazy to get these crazy checks. This is what this was a hustle this was something that the girls used to do back in the day. This is a generation before me and so the and there there is people right now who I know who are still getting these checks. <laughs> what? But they old and got them when they were younger, and so they still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was the gender identity disorder. So what shifted in 2013 is that that disorder doesn't exist anymore. Right. But gender dysphoria, the you know the distress that comes with you having an incongruency with your body and your mentality that the distress that comes with that is still in the books that that is still diagnosable and so 
I feel like it's a slippery slope. I, I feel like, of course, when I, I be, to me, I do not think this is, this is, you know, everybody's journey with their <laughs> gender is different. I want to make that very clear. So I'm not talking about Very clear. Very clear. <laughs> Don't cop up. <laughs> very different. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah. different. I'm a different girl. You may not be, this may not be your journey. This is for me. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. I don't think that I'm crazy because I'm a trans person. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that I have mental issues in my brain. I don't think that, I don't think I have a problem. There can be an argument whether I'm abnormal. Okay, cool. I, 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 I can, I can run with abnormal. I'm, I, I'm not like the normal cisgender person, blah, 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 how my brain works, blah, 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 blah. I can run with that. But if you giving me the stigma, and this might be my uh, bias, but you give me a stigma that I'm a crazy person because of the things that I've done and how I think about my connection with my body and my gender and my sex and all how those things come together, I vehemently am against that. I, I do not feel like I have a mental mm -hmm. disorder. Um, once again, another part of it is once I did these things to my body once i grew my breath mm -hmm. start getting on hormones start living my life i do not feel like i have a distressful case of gender dysphoria i have done the the affirming things that the doctors the medical association said do to relieve gender dysphoria i have gotten my certain surgeries i have done live my life a certain way so how i am living my life right now currently and where i am in the state of my gender my gender identity and my gender expression and how i relate to the world i do not experience a distressful sense of this gender dysphoria are there small things that kind of trigger me sometimes absolutely yes very very small but it is not distressful and when we talk about distressful that means it is stopping you from your everyday life and your everyday living when we think about uh, mental health it when it's distressful and crazy not cra crazy is ableist um, language i'm sorry um when it's distressful and really really chaotic and right it stops you from mm -hmm. being able to survive you can't go to work you can't be out in the world living a normal life because this gender dysphoria is so acute and so distressful and so high that you can't have a good quality of life that when it's that yes i feel like you have to get some therapy you have to get you got to do something to fix that i've done my shit i think what how they're approaching this right is a legal strategy so if you're a person that is in jail if you're a person that's in prison if you're a person that works in possible like the service industry that can be very gendered around how they want you to dress at work if you uh need time off for surgery mm -hmm. this i think the point of this is that you can say to your employer you can say to whoever the hell is at you know running the president with who's covered under the circuit hey you cannot you know you the like the reason we having conflict about you wanting me to wear these girl clothes at my job you want me to wear a skirt at my job i ain't doing that i got gender dysphoria it's against the law it's covered by the ada american with disabilities act and i'm gonna need you to like give me some pants you know what i mean i think that's the point not necessarily 
not look again. I think that's the whole I, the concept of how this will be applied uh, in real time. Yeah, I think of that like the check though. We understand LJ how it would be applied. We're more so talking um, about how people could twist it into uh, making it something other than just something that is a protection for like work or where you could um you you could it could aid you in your transition um i think we were more so speaking of like how people could uh try to twist it and make it a a mental disorder um and it seemed like that's where diamond was going like hey you know yes I, and, and i totally get it i'm all for it. use it while it's here to be used you yeah. it's the same way i feel about a check am i gonna go volunteer <laughs> for a mental disorder for gender identity <laughs> disorder i was not i'm not gonna do that because <laughs> that is something for me that i feel uncomfortable doing admitting some kind of mental <laughs> disorder some girl doing it so she can have some money to pay her bills i am not mad at all i'm not mad <laughs> at her doing it I mm -hmm. cannot do it because I feel like that can set me up for what Mia's talking about. It can set me up for people later down the line to make that a barrier for me to get something mm -hmm. else. Where, yes, mm -hmm. I might get this check Which now, but later on, somebody can say, oh, but you have a mental disorder. They have a mental disorder. I kill my husband because he's beating my ass. Then you pull it out the hat that I got a mental disorder and you wear me out to convict me. That's what I mean. Like you could use yeah, it like that to wear twist. me out. That's and, so, and mm -hmm. so yes, I, I get it. I want anybody who can use it as a protection, go ahead and use it. Go ahead and stop get, force your job to stop you from wearing that them of that skirt and wear them pants. You, if you in prison, you want a better quality of life in prison, yes, use that motherfucking shit so you can get a better life. I am totally for them doing that, but I, I would be worried. It's not to say not do it, or I don't want it to be. I mean, yeah, I would just be yeah. it would just be flipped on me later on yeah. in another circumstance where these motherfuckers yeah. flip it. All of that makes sense, and all of that is like a legit concern. Um, I do think too, just like I think the way that this is framed is very limited. It's kind of like because gender dysphoria technically is not a dis disorder, no. right? No. Right, it's tech. It's not. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of them it's changing like it. Right, like it's not a mental. Right, it's not. Right. So, and also, like people use ADA accommodations for all kinds of things. I went skiing. I brought like we. I ain't got money like that. But let's just say I went skiing. I broke my leg. I'm gonna need my job to make an accommodation. I da 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 da. da. So it's not about. Uh, even though I'm like, the concern is valid because we live in the world that we live in, but I also think like it's kind of like that. <laughs> How they're, how they're framing it it's like it's not an ongoing uh situation i don't even think the way that this is set up is that you can get apply to be disability because of gender dysphoria i think it's mm. you can ask for reasonable accommodations in in specific uh situations yeah and right just like you would if you broke your arm and you work in retail and now i can't come to work and show up the way that i normally would or i work in this and uh or i have a disability that is right ongoing. you know what i mean it, it, there's there's a lot of different there's a lot of different um scenarios but i don't think it's in the same frame of like 
I have an ongoing disability that I need accommodations for and also might need to be like on social security disability or da 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 da. I don't think, you know, and also like we don't want to stigmatize folks with disability. Um, I'm a person with disability. I've been on disability. I've received a disability check, right? So like it is what it is, right? But I do think it's kind of like in the in that kind of uh uh framework of just like, you know, shit happens. I'm at my job, I'm gonna need y'all to you can't fire me because I yeah, like slipped at work and shit. You know, <laughs> like uh, yeah. you don't have to let me go home and like yeah. rest and shit. You know. Yeah. I was gonna say another element is the red tape aspect of this. You, in order for you to claim this, like in order for you to claim gender disorder or disorder, not disorder, um, dysphoria, dysphoria, you have to be diagnosed with this. And in order for you to get diagnosed with it, you have to have insurance. You have to be able to go to a doctor to say, hey, you to go through whatever process they deem to be acceptable to diagnose you with gender well, dysphoria. And, and, and not everybody only don't that, have access to that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's legit. I mean, I mean, the reality is as black people, as black trans people, depending on where you live, depending on the circumstances, like, yeah, people can definitely exploit this. And that's a legitimate concern. <laughs> To be like, I'm concerned somebody gonna exploit this shit down the line, and it's gonna fuck me over, even though it might be helping me right now. That's yeah. legit. Um, and you know, if you're somewhere where you ain't gotta worry about that in the same way, girl, wear it out. <laughs> like, go get your things, get your accommodations, get your get your whatever the fuck you need. Um, yeah, I think it did say that uh, the person has to be. Uh, Mm -mm. It didn't say they have to be diagnosed with anything. It just said that they have to be uh, doing HRT or uh, it says they have. you have to show that you are being medicated. Um, they have to be a sexual. Um, oh, then that's a whole other. Baby. The, the exactly. Exactly. This is very, what, whether you're a trans person who's a quote binary trans person or a trans person who identifies as non-binary again all trans people are non-binary that is the, literally the definition of being trans but I if you use the i not if you use the non-binary identity label this is not about what identity label you use all they're saying is if you're on hormones or if you are um yeah they said yeah must show that they're being medicated and while not all trans people experience that dysphoria or are able to access gender affirming care, it's still a significant win. Like this is such a it's it's so limited. It's limited to about five states. Yeah, it probably it probably will be an appeal. But the idea is it's a hot topic, clearly. <laughs> but yeah, like that's the that's the that's the idea is that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, because that's a whole nother can of worms, right? It's going to be poor I think people it, I, who are going to be pushed out of that. So just say those four states. The, yeah. Like you just said, you, if it's people who is not medicated, so they're not going to have that protection, and people who have not been exactly. diagnosed or who got the med or you got to be diagnosed to get yeah. medication. So it, and poor people who don't have access to that kind of health care, it is going to be those people. Those are going to be people who don't have who are going to be the most need of those kind of disability protection. No, I agree. Right? I agree. I'm, I feel very confident saying accessing gender affirming care is much, much, much more accessible than it was than when we all started transitioning Definitely. medically and or surgically. Like people can actually go to like doctors, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And have some insurance coverage if they got Obamacare even, right? People can actually go to 
uh, you know, you, you don't have to just, you know, like my situation. Here's a picture of my boobs, my titties on a horrible camera from Wisconsin. And then I'm going to fly down a, out of pocket to Florida, stay there for 10, 12, 15 days out of pocket and then fly back. And any other post care is with a surgical clinic. No, people are actually going to the hospital, staying in the hospital, dealing with a nurse. <laughs> like, this is a whole different like, fucking ball game. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? They know I paid the foot. I paid. I go pay the foot doctor out of pocket in another state or another part of the state just to get the blood work to maybe get hormones. Yeah. This ain't that. No. Right. And so like and people don't have to worry about having, quote, a diagnosis of gen like they, you don't even need a diet, quote unquote, diagnosis no more. You don't. Depending on where you live, depending on where you live, there's informed consent, depending on where you live. Right. In in that case, like where I'm at, it's, you know, people go to the Planned Parenthood and walk out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's that simple. Just going to go mean, there. They've been doing that. I know, but I'm just saying that's that's all relatively new in terms of access to hormones in particular and even having coverage for surgery. I guess what I'm saying there is like yeah, you don't have to you don't have to necessarily people still, depending on where you live, do have to go through a lot of that rigmarole of I gotta be in real life, all that other shit. Like that's still a thing depending on where you live and your access to providers. So I'm not trying to dismiss that because I know folks are still dealing with that. I know folks are dealing with providers who don't want to be prescribing you hormones, but they are anyway. I know people are dealing with, you know, I know people that have been prescribed birth control and testosterone because the Catholic hospital just wanted to fuck with their body. Like, so I'm not saying this stuff <laughs> like it's perfect. That's but what I am late. saying, yeah, it's very late. That's uh, and, and and that's why I be emphasizing knowing some of, you know, I'm very grateful for that experience in college to be able to take, quote unquote, women's health or female health to understand them basics because I can check these providers when I'm at the doctor because a lot of the things that they act like, you know, you're, you know, you're an alien. And I'm like, no, it's just if it was a cis woman who did X, Y, and Z. Um, no, it, I just need you to fix my arm. You know, like, I don't even know why we, you like, I don't know what to do with the trans, you know, so, um, or but, they get that, yeah, like, weird, no. like, yeah. like, very, like, they get quiet and they start looking at you and, and I'm yeah. like, oh. If yeah. you don't come on and do your job. Yeah. Yeah, that part. So yeah, I mean it's a good example too, right? Where it's like that could potentially be a case, right? Under tech in theory, under this shit right here, around the Americans with Disabilities Act. How dare you discriminate against me when I'm here just to get my health care? That's against the law. Take your ass to court. Now, granted, you got to have resources to go to court. You got to have time off of work to go to court. You got to have some money or a connection to an organization that can pay for it. Like, I'm not confused about all the barriers yeah. in terms of, like, advocacy. Uh, you know, it costs money to sue people. It, time is money, and most of us don't have it. You know, so that's some real shit. But, um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It, yeah, I feel y'all. I feel y'all. Y'all let us know what you think. What y'all think? Y'all think this is... Weird. I think it's cute. <laughs> I think it's cute, but girl, keep your eye on. You know, yeah, yeah. Are y'all con are y'all concerned about? Let us know what you think. Are, are for for folks who might be concerned about how this could be exploited. Let us know what you think. For folks who feel like this might this is helpful, let us know what you think. And for folks who are kind of in the middle, just let us know what you think because this is a very interesting topic. It's very uh, localized, but potentially 
could uh, spread. And like Mia said, you know, white folks be, you know, plotting and planning. So it might seem <laughs> good right now just to set you up for later. So, you know, who knows? But yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, this is a very hot topic. <laughs> Hashtag Marshall's Plate. You know, I've been playing with the idea of dating recently, you know. Uh, for the past yeah, like 10, for about 10 years, I've been kind of just pimping, you know. Got, had me a little roster. I got a trade for when I want to go to the movies and out on a date. That's Denethan. Y'all done see him on my YouTube. Denethan, he's the one that, you know, <laughs> I like going out with him because he arm candy. He tall. He like 6'5". He look good. We can go to the movies and go out to eat. And then I have Latrey that it, I call him. We call these munches. Munches just come over, give you head, and go home without asking for anything else. I got a couple of munches. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I got a boo hey! that munches. I can cuddle with. I love it. <laughs> that I can cuddle with. So I'm just. I got a roster of you know who I want to hook up with. It's no relationship at all. It's just you know I use you for what I need. Then I got my little sugar dad, sugar daddy. You know, older cat. He like 51, 10 years older than me. And you know, he's a, a reformed thug that used to, went to prison for a couple of years, came out. Now he got a construction company, got a little coin. He married, but he give me whatever the fuck I want. And I don't, I don't know nothing about his wife. He, she don't know nothing about me. We just do our thing. So we, I got a lot going on. I got a roster. I ain't been thinking about no relationship, none of that. So, so <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not my business. <laughs> you are such a, I thought you were such a, a lady, girl. You said you didn't even see married clients. I'm dead. I did. Who said I did? Who said I didn't see married clients? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> I mean, you was like, you used to, if I'm not mistaken, you would be like, I didn't even like seeing like married clients. Oh no, you mistaken. I ain't never said that. I would be broke. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't never said that. Woo! <laughs> Listen. No. Uh, honey, no. I would I would be I literally would be broke. Some of you my clients was married. <laughs> no. I don't want to hear about it. That's one thing mm -hmm. I I was very adamant when I was an escort. I don't want to hear about it. Like I don't want I I don't want to hear about your wife. I don't want to hear about your family. You here to, honey, I'm here to fulfill a fantasy. Where are my coins at? <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about nothing. <laughs> so when she do call right. me, when you slip up and she do call me, I really don't know you. <laughs> right, right, I can really right, say, right. I don't know what you're talking about, ma'am. <laughs> Have a great day. I don't know what you're talking about. Have a great day. But anyway, so that's how <laughs> I've been living for the past 10 years. Just kind of have my rosters and it's been comfortable because I, it's, I don't have no obligations to nobody. I'm getting what I need. I get the dick that I want. I get the cuddling that I want. I get the dates that I want. I get different things. You know what I'm saying? From It's just not from all one person. <laughs> and so, um, so recently I'm like, mm, let me play with the idea of dating and then grow into a one person thing. Let's see how this is work, mm -hmm. this work. So I've been having these kind of conversations. I normally don't have like conversations about relationships, but I've been having these conversations with people and they are talking, and, and something that keeps coming up because I'm I'm not somebody who dates somebody who's like 20 years younger than me. I'm dating somebody my age. And I think mm -hmm. by the time you are 40, there should be some things that 
you have worked on with yourself. I'm not saying that everybody has done this, but I think by the time you're in, really by the time you're 30, but you know, I'm definitely by the time you're 40, I think any kind of character flaws that you have, mm. you should have worked on them. Mm. And so this dude asked me, and we the same age, he asked me, he asked me what my character flaws was. And I said, I don't got none. <laughs> and he was like, what? So you're perfect. I said, anything that I feel like was a character flaw for me, I have been working it on since I have been working on it since I was a teenager till now. And I have gotten a, a grasp of what I think, what I thought was character flaws for myself. I have gotten a grasp on them. So they're not flaws anymore. I have worked on them. Mm -hmm. Anything that I have left that you might think is a character flaw, I like about myself and I don't want to change it. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? So there are some things that I was like, ooh, I don't like this about myself. And I, uh -huh. and I have spent my whole life fixing and adjusting and doing the work to fix that stuff. Anything that's left, bitch, I like that about me. <laughs> so, so it's not a flaw for me. And so that's mm. that's what I was trying to explain to him, but he took it as me saying that I was perfect. And I'm saying no, I'm not perfect, but whatever's left to fix, I like. <laughs> so I'm not I'm not trying to do it. And so he was like, everybody got character flaws. And so I wanted to ask y'all, well, I want to go through this list that, of character flaws that I had looked up, like people common character flaws that people have, and I want to see what do you all think your character flaws are? What are your personal character flaws that you either have, because y'all old enough to have been working on them. And so what are some of the things in your life, personality flaws, character flaws about yourself that you have been working on? And is it working out? Are they changing? Are they saying the same? All that kind of stuff. So I wanna, I'm gonna go through them and explain them. All right? All right, so the first one on the list is... Mia, Mia already looks so serious. <laughs> you, you, you look pensive. You look so in thought. You were like... Mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like... Hmm. All right, so this is... I'm going to start with the list. It's only 10. So there's tons, but this okay. is the main ones that they thought were the main ones, by, according to this site. Um, <laughs> enviousness. Envy, enviousness mm -hmm. is you truly are not happy to see others succeed. You work too hard to keep up with other people's materialistic levels. Like whatever success that they have, you are envious of it and you work really, really hard to get to that level as them or surpass them. You're very com competitive about it. You're very envious when people succeed. So that's a character flaw that they're, how they described it. Enviousness. Defensiveness. Defensiveness towards being corrected and criticized. Generally, you are hypersensitive and you don't respond to correction or criticism in a mature way. And it mm. hasn't, you get what I'm saying? That is what it is. Like you really, really defensive about everything somebody can critique you about. <coughs> That's defensiveness. Mm. Aloofness. Aloofness is if you come off, you can come off as cold, as distant, um, um, like you can't be trusted because you almost seem like you unreliable because you so aloof. Um, and yeah, it's just like you're you're disconnected, being aloof. Volatile, obvious. Overly emotional people who have <laughs> like 
who who love attention they love everything um focused on them um it can lead to violence but sometimes it can if they're not violent they can be really argumentative um it's just it's it has to everything has to be revolved around them um um eccentricity so this is people who are funny in the moment but when it comes to being serious and toning that down to build a rapport they can't do it they can't build serious relationships because they are too surface level too surface level to even be sometimes it's sarcastic too but this is more in a comical arena like they're always being funny they're never being serious like so they yeah. can't create a, a a deep relationship with you mm. entitlement you believe you deserve everything you want and it's a rampant epidemic attitude about it like everything that you just that you want you think you deserve it and it causes a problem in your personality in your relation to people and entitlement we know what entitlement is um mm -hmm. unreliable character that's obvious you are unpredictable nobody can rely on you and you can't be trusted in you can't be trusted and you can't be confided in because you unreliable you can't be you know i'm saying nobody can depend on you um another character flaw sometimes this can be seen as a good thing but it actually can be bad eagerness to please you are more mm -hmm. of a pleaser than an honest communicator. So even if you don't feel comfortable with some doing something because you want to please people, you will just go with the flow and build resentment with people because you are not being on. You're not an honest communicator. And so your eagerness to please is your character flaw. Um, but your <laughs> and because of that, your displeasure for things will build up and it explodes at times. Because you are constantly trying to please, 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 but not doing what you really, really want to do. Um, morally scrupulous. <laughs> you find fault with even small misbehaviors. No one meets everyone's hmm. rules. Um, you are best friends with yourself because you don't allow other people to have any type of flaws. Like they have to come to you super, super perfect because... That's the only thing that you accept. Everybody else is fuckboys and whack-ass bitches. <laughs> and, um, they, and since they don't meet your rules, you know, you funny. So you don't create positive relationships. <clears throat> so those out of those things, does any of those things ring a bell? Do any of those things sound like yourself? Or something else that you have figured out about yourself that's a character flaw. What are some things about yourself that you have had to work on or you are currently working on that would create a problem when you are engaging with other people in relationships? What are some of those things? Okay, I'll go. <laughs> I think for a lot of these things, I've experienced them because I had uh, a nar one of my parents was a very narcissistic was had narcissistic personality disorder, and so one of the ways that this manifests for me is struggling to open up with people because I'm like you know a lot of people say you either repeat the same thing or you do the opposite, 
And so for me, in an attempt to do the opposite, sometimes I'm like kind of closed off. You get what I'm saying? And it gets in the way of um, build. You know, there's a trust thing, right? It kind of gets in the way of uh, opening up. But like a lot of these things, it was like I had to. I had a parent that just was like all the time. I mean, that's just stressful as fuck to deal <laughs> deal with a cycle of aloofness and this and that and unpredictability and just like not knowing the entitlement, the ego, like all of that. Um, but anyway, yeah, for me, it, it's definitely like it is a character flaw to work through to be like not distant or avoidant. Maybe that's really what it is because it's like, I don't want none of that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was just like all the time. Um, a lot of these things, just all the time, just a cycle of it um, growing up. And so I just be like trying not to fuck with that. So if I feel myself, even if it's not completely some of this shit, but if I feel like I'm edging in that direction, sometimes I kind of shut off, shut down because I don't want to, which is not helpful either. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That's it? Okay. So <laughs> you, you said like you about to have a long list. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually uh -oh. don't have a long list. Um, <laughs> I think one of my biggest things has been like a, um, a people pleaser. Um, I think I get that from my mama. She's always been a really sweet woman. And all, um, my whole life I've seen people um, take advantage of her, run over her, but she never, she never changed. She stood her ground on a lot of things, but throughout my life I used to see her um, be taken advantage of. Um, at first, I used to think that it was because she was a white woman because most of her friends were um, were not white. And I would hear them say that, you know, white women are easily easier to step on. That's why black that's why black men date them and they don't know how to take care of black children. And so. I never wanted to be like that. I never wanted to. So I. I thought growing up that I I was teaching myself to speak up um, when people were overstepping the boundaries with me or when people were um, basically shitting on me. And, but it, it seemed like it was harder for me when they were either close to me, if I considered mm -hmm. them a friend or family. And for a long time, I let um, friends, family, and people that I had genuine love for um, be nasty to me because I thought that I could be forgiving and, and that it's God-like. And, you know, we're not all perfect. And, you know, <laughs> I, I, I lost a lot of myself. And, and at one point, I started to become cold. I started, um, I stopped wanting to be half friends. I stopped wanting to build new relationships because I didn't want to run into people who would try to take advantage of my uh, kindness or see me being kind. Of <clears throat> because it, every time I had a new friend, they always would say, oh, you're so nice. 
And all I would could think of is like, bitch, you just don't got no manners. You're unruly. You don't know how to speak to people. So I'm so I'm friendly because I just spoke to somebody as I got in. But <laughs> so that makes you think that you can run over me. That makes you think you could talk to me like I'm I, like I really want to punch you in your motherfucking face, bitch. Because I really am about that action. But I, 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 I never would speak to them like that. I will always give like, oh, you know what? The third strike rule. Like you got one more time. Now, okay, I see that. Okay, it's the third time. But by the time the third time they came, I don't even want to deal with it no more. And my, it's, I'm, I'm already moved on. So learning to set those boundaries, like speaking on a shit right when it happened, like, like right when somebody talks crazy to you or says something nasty to you, right in that moment, saying that's not okay. You can't talk to me like that. I don't give a fuck how close we are. Right. You're gonna respect right. me like I respect you, and if I don't talk to you like that, bitch, don't you talk to me like that. Right. And it took me a long time to, to get that way, and I'm still working on that. So that's one of my flaws. Yeah. I can relay a little bit, Mia. I should have said that, like the pe not hearing you talk about it, the people pleasing is something I've struggled with over the years, and it's gotten easier, but it also became complicated being back home because my mom was such a people pleaser. So then, family members are expecting me to repeat that cycle, and I'm like, I ain't got it. Like my mom, I ain't, I'm not her. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You can't just. You know what I mean? Because they know they can go, you know, she didn't want the person, you know, part of my family where it's like, oh, I need some money or I need a thing or something happened and da 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 And she would just well, never say no. You know what I mean? Well, For the most part. It was different, LJ. Like, I used to say sorry all the time. Like, when I, I thought I was yes. offending somebody and they wouldn't, I wouldn't even be offended. Offending, they wouldn't even be offended. But because I love them so much, I want to I wanna make sure that they're good. I want to make sure that our relationship is good. And so I would constantly ask, are you okay? Like, I would do that with everything yeah. that I'm close with. Yeah. Am I offending you? Am I doing anything? Because I, I want to make sure that our bond is close. Like, I want to make sure that we clearly communicate. Because I've been, I've been in so many different uh, instances where there was something that was taken left, and I didn't mean it this way. And then I started, then you have to realize, bitch, why are you, why are you antsy? Why are you, why are you walking on, on eggshells when a motherfucker don't give a fuck about what happened to you, bitch? Don't right. even check on you, girl. What the fuck right. are you acting like that for? Yeah. I have to grow up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I hear that. I hear that. I hear that 100%. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh. I think to your point, like, you know, being like, oh, I'm sorry, da, 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 my bad, I, you know, constantly apologizing um, definitely is like when it's kind of I'll say for myself, it's kind of like it will like it just depends on the head. Like if I'm like super stressed out, I kind of get pushed back into that, you know, um, because of. You know, the old shit comes up like you stressed out. If you add stress on stress on stress on stress on stress, sometimes older dynamics that you might have been able to create better boundaries with as an, as you've grown older. For me, they sometimes still come up. Um, yeah. Definitely. You know, um, and so I, sometimes even if I check myself, I'll be like, damn, you, you know, other people be like, damn, Jonathan, you don't got to apologize for like basic ass shit. 
Well, you know, but that those power and control dynamics from coming up is what's yeah. coming up, right? Yeah. For me in those moments. I um I am definitely not a people pleaser. Definitely not in my ministry. Um I am entitlement down. <laughs> I am <somebody laughs> I, I feel and and I'm talking about in particular relationships. Um mm. there is a, I think it's a healthy level of people pleasing that I have with my partner and my family. I you get what I'm saying, like I, I like the idea that my brother can come to me and ask me for things within reason and he knows that mm. I can I'll that I'll do whatever I can to step up to help him. Um no, my brother can't call me and ask me for five thousand dollars, and I'd be like, "Oh, sure, uh, uh, right? Oh my God, I gotta give him five thousand dollars." No, but I like the idea of when he's really, really, for sure, in a bind, and he needs something. He knows that he can come to me, and and we'll figure it out together. I I like to please in that way. Um, yeah. My partner, I like my partner. Um, you know, I I do some things that are very traditional when I'm in a relationship. I'm somebody who loves to cook for people. I love to cook for people. Mm. Um, so any any one mm. of my friends that's been in my life um, that lives around me, of course, they've been to my house and I fed them. And, you know, so that, mm. that extends to my partner. I, you know, I don't think it's my gender role to fucking um, cook and clean. No, fuck that. Yeah. I'm not that person. But I do love to cook for my partner. So I do want to sit down and see you eat my meal and love it. I am pleased in that way. And I, I want to be a comfort and peace. I don't want it to be, I have to do that because I'm a woman. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? I don't want that. I want yeah. to do yeah. things because you are my love and I care for you. And I want to be tender with you and I want to care for you and I want you to care for me. And I want to, um, you know, I don't want to be a source of stress for you. I want us to be a healthy relationship where we're talking about what's going on in our lives. And da, 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 da. I want that that beautiful, nice, tender relationship. I do want that. And I don't mm -hmm. think that has to do with mm -hmm. any gender roles because I think you should be doing that to me as well um, if we're in a relationship. Right, 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 right. And so, right. so I think there's a healthy eagerness to please, but not in a way that I think is um, traumatizing to me or, or make me... Um, um, feel like I'm not doing what I want to do because if, if if I don't want to do something, mm. I'm very somebody who will say I don't want to do that. But that goes to what I do. <laughs> what I do think is was my character flaw, which is entitlement. There are certain things, there are certain boundaries and certain standards that I have when it comes to relationships. And I feel that I'm entitled to it. <laughs> and when 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 I when I was younger, they were more extensive. <laughs> they were more extensive. I think as I gotten older, I have because the other flaw that they said they said morally scrupulous, <laughs> where right 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 you know, where where nobody can make mistakes and there's no second chances. I'm also that bitch. I'm also any small little shit that I see that you got going on. I'm a Pisces, so it's like a little fish. If they in the aquarium and you tap the window, they dart off like this bitch doing too much. Yeah, I'm that yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. So I'm yeah. that girl. To, when I was younger, I'm that girl too. Where if you, if I see any sense of, oh, this is weird. This I don't mm -hmm. like this. 
any any mm-hmm. you need to be on the up and up up and up up and up and if you're not i'm gonna run away i'm gonna ghost you and i'm not gonna communicate with that ghosting i'm just gonna be done <laughs> right right, <laughs> because right. I, I, another right. flaw was i'm either <laughs> I, do, I i don't know always know how to balance how i communicate with people so what my, do you mean so my way of communicating is to hit it dead on and not aggressive like fighting not not that i'm talking about yeah. being very direct i don't like that you did this but mm-hmm. there are some people mm-hmm. who they take that as combative they take that as um some it's just some people you gotta baby how they how you communicate with them because they're oversensitive or they to me they're oversensitive right i'm i'm personally not always good at sensing when this is a person that i can be direct with and they're not going to take it too far this is a person that i can um you know this is not somebody that i need to watch how i say because i'm a person who feels like if i'm being direct i shouldn't have to watch how i say i'm telling you how i feel and you need (laughs) to navigate it right you need to navigate it i'm not telling you i'm not talking about i'm not gonna bitch i don't fucking like that no i'm talking about i'm just saying i don't actually like being direct just very direct not rude not bitchy but very direct and sometimes very direct people take it automatically as bitchy so if i say you know what i just don't really like that you leave your shoes all over the all over the living room and i gotta pick them up every time you every time you come in for work i gotta pick them up like can you just put the shoes next to the door if i say it like that a person could be like, oh, my God, you're so naggy. And then it, what? I'm just telling you that I do not I right. to pick up your shoes. And so that's, it. That, that's, a, that's, that's a perfect, that's an example that I've been in where I'm literally just being direct to tell you what is annoying me right now <laughs> and what, right. what you're doing that I don't like. And, and you are taking it to a whole nother level. I don't like navigating stuff like that. So if I'm in a situation where I'm navigating with somebody who just doesn't have any good communication skills, I will go mm-hmm. the fuck out of you. Mm-hmm. If we cannot speak, if we cannot talk, mm-hmm. if we cannot be direct, if I can't tell you how I feel and you tell me how you feel and it go back and forth without us getting into this big ass yeah. drag out argument, that scares me and I'm done with this. Yeah, I, yeah. As, you should, as you should be. Right. And I and I, I, yeah. I, I don't I don't I can't navigate a relationship with somebody, a love relationship with somebody. Friendships is, a, is for me is a little bit different because I'm not in love with you. So I can just stop talking to you for a week or two and then we can come back. And be back to the you know what I'm saying? But, you know, yeah, it's a different kind of vulnerability. It's a different yeah, kind of vulnerability where I can't but I at all. Well, how do you fight somebody and still be friends with them? How do you fight, like actually fight them? actually have a physical fight with somebody and still be cool with them um like how that's so hard for me like i couldn't fight somebody i i love and if like i'm friends with you i love you like i couldn't like you know what i mean like and i could like even if we did i couldn't go back to it because it's i don't know that'd be really hard for me so i'm i was wondering how do you do that um so I've like, had you like, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about physical violent fight, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the first, the first person I, that come to mind is my friend Vanessa. Me and her actually got in a physical fight, and 
it was in the early parts of our relationship. So that's another element. In the it was in the beginning of our relationship. We were friends, but it was very, very early on in our friendship. And mm. and the circumstances of the situation, I felt like she was going too far. I felt like she was going too far and she had made some threats and I'm not a person who you just make oh. threats to. I'm not like, we can argue back and forth, but if you say, as soon as, say we going back and forth arguing about whatever we're arguing, as soon as you say, bitch, I'll beat your ass, the <laughs> argument is done. <laughs> For yeah. me, how my brain works, when you say, bitch, I beat your ass, there is no more talking yeah. that needs to be done. It is now time to thump. So we about to <laughs> right. get out this phone. Right. I see you when I see you, bitch. It's on site. Done. Yeah. We're not because <laughs> what we arguing for now. Now you don't got to right. the, you got to the threats. It the is, twirl mode. Uh, it's in twirl mode. So I don't even. Yeah. We, now that we got to the point where you're making threats, the conversation is over. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> so a whole different ballgame. You got to right show there. me what you said you're gonna do. And now and now that we got into the threats, we not friends no more. We made up with each other. We made up. We um, we forgave each other and became friends that is how we became friends again and after we had gotten an actual altercation and so for me as far as character flaws i feel like in my past i would immediately cut people off but i feel like i have worked on that where i have i'm much better at not cutting people off and much better at um you know, just giving people some grace, a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit of grace, <laughs> a little bit of grace, a, li a little room, yeah, a little yeah. room, um, and definitely, yeah. as a trans person, I'm sorry, my entitlement, to a certain extent, keeps me safe. I feel like, look, mm -hmm. this is the standard, and it's a reasonable standard. You have, we have to talk to each other. We have to spend quality time. You have to, we can't be on a DL. There are certain things that I, that are standards and I'm in, that I feel like I'm entitled to as a trans woman. And I don't think it's, it's unhealthy. I don't, it's not like, oh, you gotta pay this. You gotta pay this. You gotta make this amount of money. You gotta, it's not silly shit like that. It's about you respecting me and me respecting you. And I don't want to be on the down mm -hmm. It's shit like that, that I feel like I'm entitled to exactly. ask for. And so mm -hmm. those are things that I'm not trying to change. Um, and so, and that's what I meant by him. I feel like anything about myself, I like. I feel like I'm a clear communicator. I feel like um, I do lovey-dovey shit. I'm not closed off emotionally. I'm not over-emotional. I feel like I am a balanced person. I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, no, I'm not perfect, but the things about me that are not perfect, I actually like them. And so if you mm -hmm. don't like them, somebody I'm dating, that just means that we're not compatible. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you don't mm -hmm. like my idiosyncrasies and my quirks and the things about me that may be weird or, you know, complicated, right. that just means we don't match. Right. Because at this point in my life, I really fucking like myself. I really do. <laughs> I really like who I am. I like who I have created. I like all the things about me that I don't, I've worked on shit that I thought was flaws and they're gone. <laughs> or or very very small and so I, I i like myself i like who i am and so when i was telling him that i was like yo it's not me saying i'm perfect because i'm not perfect but the flaws that i have i like and so mm -hmm. 
I'm a broken vessel that has been mended. <laughs> you know what? Y'all know that artwork that where the they mend the little broken pieces back together? Not mosaic, but there's a particular type of pottery that they do that. That's who I am. And it's beautiful. <laughs> and mm -hmm. I like these mm -hmm. things. And so I wanted to talk about character flaws. So if you are listening to the show and you, um, if you are of age or if you're younger, if you're of age, what kind of flaws have you fixed in yourself? Hashtag Marcia's Play. If you are young and you are working on some character flaws, what are you working on and how are you working on it? Hashtag Marcia's Play. Give me, give me, give me euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Give me, give me, give me euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy and space to change the tide. Give me, give me, give me you a feeling and a high. All right, let's talk about gender dysphoria. I mean, euphoria. <laughs> What is bringing y'all euphoria this week? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll go. Uh, this week was bringing me euphoria is, you know, like I said earlier, I mentioned earlier, I got a chance to go visit home and see my nieces and nephews and the great nieces and nephews. And um, yeah, I'm just very grateful that, uh, you know, I have a, a good chunk of my family that's very chill around my transition. Um, those are all the people that were like, girl, we're not surprised when I first came out as gay, real, real late, like 10 plus years after I first came out and I already been in these streets. And then when I came out as trans, they always have been like, yeah, so, all right, it's Tuesday. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we already do this. We was just waiting on you. Um, but no, it brought me a lot of, uh, you know, you for it and just, you know, be loved on with family. Because uh, it's been a minute uh, since I've seen a lot of my blood or chosen family back home. So getting that love from the babies, getting that love from my nieces and nephews and uh, some of my siblings and things uh, really brought me a lot of euphoria, gender euphoria, because it came with respect for my gender identity and expression. Um, and I am very grateful for that. So that's my euphoria for this week. My euphoria has to be like very similar because I gag at the amount of just respect that my family gave me that didn't even know me. Like I wasn't expecting that. I was I only I only had one odd moment, which was with my uh, I think my girl. Y'all, I'm getting used to this shit. My fifth cousin. <laughs> or however you, however you say it like not my first one but he's like the fifth one well, I don't know how it goes but he okay so the first night I met him he didn't know that he didn't know my tea well I don't think he did he may have but the, the, the like the, the last night I came um, there was like a comment made about a, this country ass shit there was a, a female dog that was um, loose we're in the country and um, he has a male dog, and his daughter said, "Look at look at him barking like a female dog to get the female's attention." And I was like thinking, like, "Bitch, how does the dog bark female?" So she 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 tells her father, which is my fifth cousin, and he says, "Oh, he's being a faggot." But prior to oh. him saying that the dog's being a faggot, he got to talking about you know how like people who don't believe like. 
um, that don't like the queer community. They talk up like they get to talking about how the world is just changing and everything. Yeah. He got he was talking about that at first, and now all of a sudden the dog, the fucking dog, is a faggot. And he not only is he a faggot for barking like a female, he's a, a faggot for attracting a female dog. It all didn't make sense to me. That was the only crazy thing, incident that happened. But besides that, everything was pretty good. And that was my euphoria. Going back to the people that I love, people who knew that I grew up, well, knew me when I was younger before I transitioned. And then not yeah. being late to me. And my father showing me around his homeboys and like, I'm gagging at all of that. Like, mm. just, all of that was just, it was it was sickening, and so that was my euphoria. Mmm, that sounds fun. I like that. Wow, that's good. It was. I ain't gonna lie, y'all. I was scared of shit. I just didn't know what to expect. You know, y'all know how it is. You ain't being around people yeah. that don't know you. Train. You don't know if family done told them, or if they if they do know, if they don't know. It just it was interesting, but yeah. Yeah, it does bring anxiety. Mm -hmm. uh, mine is really simple. It is the great TV experiences that I have been having. All of my favorite shows are back. And um, yeah, so Game of Thrones is back. Well, oh. House of Dragon is back. Um, Lord of the Rings is back. Also known now as the Ring of Power is back. Um, and Handmaid's Tale is coming back on the 15th of September. Oh! excited so everything is coming back all at <laughs> once and i love 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 and i'm excited about it and the woman king is coming out with viola davis oh yeah that's right and yeah. so this this month has really it's really oh my gosh it, it's turning up on my tv shows and i'm a tv watcher <laughs> so i'm excited about that those things have been giving me okay. euphoria and mm. yeah that's about it for me so hey y'all make sure y'all let us know what is bringing y'all euphoria and yeah, thank you for listening to this episode. And yeah, <laughs> we will see y'all right. next week. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Peace. And just in case you forgot, go down in the info box and fill out the Black Census Project survey. You ain't got nothing to do. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and fill it out. You got two, three, four, five minutes to be on fast. You can do it. Go ahead. It's in the it's in the inbox. We're gonna post a link on our Twitter and we're gonna have it on our Facebook. In our bio on Instagram, wherever. Easy for you. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's gonna be all right. Every little thing's gonna be all right.